It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law. Featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Malk, a partner and attorney at the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. We are attorneys who follow Jesus and focus on serving the body of Messiah with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to malkbaker.com, that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call 312-726-1243. Are you aware of the many factors that go into making a church effective? Uh, Does your church have legal problems, financial problems, management problems, membership problems? There are all sorts of problems that churches have that can be helped. And today we'll be speaking with Dr. Timothy O'Brien, who's the director of the Academy of Church Leadership at North Park University. The mission of the Academy is to provide formal education and professional development programs for pastoral leaders in all areas of church administration and leadership. Tim, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus. Thank you, John. It's good to be with you. Now, most of our listeners are probably familiar with North Park University, but if you could fill in some of the blanks, where where is it, when was it founded, and, and how do you function within the body of Jesus? Sure. Happy to talk about North Park. Um, North Park, I think, was founded in about 1891 by the Swedish Covenant Church. Uh, It was founded as basically a liberal arts college. And at this point, we have uh, several graduate schools there, too. We have education, nursing, music, management, and the North Park Theological Seminary is also part of the whole community. Uh, So the Evangelical Covenant Church is the founding denomination. They Swedish Covenant became Evangelical Covenant Church. And so there's still a lot of connections between the church and the university. And what is the Christian mission? Because a lot of of schools that were founded for the gospel and to be Christian have drifted away or or compromised. And uh, North Park, of course, because it has a seminary and church leadership ties, seems to be a little different. But but talk about the the spiritual goals and and reality of what what is the school to a Christian parent or a Christian student? Why would you want to go there, and how is that going to impact your faith? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, all of the uh, professors that are full time professors uh, need to sign on, that, and they need to be interviewed by. Both the, uh, the when they come on, they both by the, um, the the administrative folks, but also the seminary, to make sure that they are committed and it's a creed school, so they have to be committed to the Christian mission. The school is described as preparing students for a life of significance and service. So there's a major service component that goes along with this, which is about Christian ministry. Amen. Well, that's that's uh, that's good to hear. I went I went to a college founded to teach people the gospel and prepare men to, to preach the gospel, but it's quite a long way away <laughs> from that, as, as many have, have drifted. But uh, North Park seems to be going in a different direction in this sense. You have a seminary, and you've had a seminary for a long time, uh, yet the 
Academy of Church Leadership says it's going to teach about financial management, uh, membership management, legal issues. Um, aren't seminaries supposed to teach that? And, and why is your school necessary or your division there? Another good question. Um, most seminaries do not teach management and administration. So it's, it's created a problem uh, in the church because what happens is a lot of people, when they graduate from the seminaries, uh, sometimes they're graduating with too much debt and they can't afford to go into ministry, believe it or not. But the other part of it is that the seminary curriculum is very crowded. In most seminaries, it's like that. With things you would expect, theology, preaching, pastoral care, all of those kinds of things. The idea, I think, over the years has been that when people move into ministry, they'll, this will be an on-the-job training kind of thing for them. I, I think that is the idea, and yeah. it's a bad one as far as I can see. We represent a lot of uh, churches, Tim, over over the years, and I've noticed that the really successful ones are often pastored by someone who's got business experience for four or five, ten years, and then they get a call to the ministry and their church flourishes, whereas others uh, where the pastor has come in and his own training maybe is as a youth pastor in seminary are often clueless. So tell us about the clues <laughs> you provide, the training, the, the equipping. Well, this all started, we received a grant to found this particular thing. And, and it, the grant was given to the management school. And it's an interesting thing because if you go to North, North Park's campus, on one side of the river is the seminary. On the other side of the river is the management school. And there's a bridge between the two. That bridge is rarely crossed. I'm one of the people that has crossed it because of my interest in religion. And I was serving on a committee in the seminary to help uh, train seminarians in financial acuity, just to give them some basic ideas about budgeting and, and that kind of thing. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Malk, partner of the law firm of Malk & Baker. If you missed part of this episode or want to hear other Lawyers for Jesus interviews, visit MalkBaker.com. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with a biblical perspective. Today we're speaking with Dr. Timothy O'Brien, North Park University's director of the Academy of Church Leadership about how that academy was founded and the needs it met. And you said you crossed the bridge from the School of Management, which was just for business, for-profit type of organization, and some not-for-profit, I assume. There's Yeah, there's several degrees. Uh, one is a, a Master of Nonprofit Administration. There's an undergraduate program in nonprofit administration as well. So it's both MBA, MNA. And then you cross that bridge into uh, focusing on church leadership. When we received the grants, what we did was we created the Academy of Church Leadership, and we have two tracks that we're using there. The first is a formal academic four-credit graduate certificate, a five-course online certificate program that covers a variety of things. So there's a principal's course, which is kind of a survey. Then there's financial management, there's human resource management, there is communication management, and there's fundraising. And we created four brand Fundraising, in other words, teaching you, the pastor or the elder or church leader, how to properly and effectively raise funds. Yes. Correct. Okay. It's not 
for your fundraising. No, but, it's for okay. the, it's, we're teaching fundraising. Does your church have financial problems? Listen to this. Go ahead, Tim. Right. Um, so that's on the formal side. And then on the uh, professional development side, we've been doing workshops. You came and did a workshop for us. We had, do, we did, we had one last night on planning. We do it across the, any, any kind of management topic you can think of. Yeah, um, my workshop was on uh, marshalling your Holy Spirit gifts into, uh, and to how to apply those in church administration from a legal point of view. Correct. Okay. And then that, I, I hope it gives a flavor of, of the different, uh, about how many courses would you have offered there Well, in and, 20, and, and workshops? Sure. In 2018, well, we have the five course certificate, but in 2018, we offered, I think it was a dozen workshops across a variety of topics. We had a, a one-day conference, and then we had a three-day leader retreat where it was very intensive, where we had 10 different speakers come in. So these are people that work in this area. So they kind of bridge church life and management. So people that are experienced, for instance, accountants that are either authors in this area or are teachers in this area, but also serve in their churches. One of the reasons why I got involved in this program is I teach nonprofit financial management. That's my expertise. But I'm also a church treasurer and have been serving in that role for many years. So when this opportunity came along, the dean asked me if I would head up the program. So it's, it's, it's trying to get blocking and tackling skills in the hands of the people that need it. Both pastors uh, and lay leaders, and the lay leaders can either be staff or volunteers. All right. Now, is this customized for uh, the evangelical covenant, or is this evangelical, or is it broader still so that people of different faiths could come and say, hey, I'm a, a rabbi of a synagogue. Does that work for me to, uh, to come and enroll in this uh, church administration program? Our aim is toward Christian churches, but that doesn't mean that people from other, other religious traditions can't come to and benefit from it. The dynamics are very similar. I used to teach at the Spurtis Institute, for instance. Uh, so we've had a lot of people across all kinds of denominations coming to our programs, and it's been a very good experience for them. Yeah, I, I would think that financial issues uh, aren't denomination specific. No. I mean, there may be some 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 minor differences and ability to attract members. Now, do you do 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 anything on marketing and public relations? Do you teach on that? Because we could have Brittany come and do a workshop for you. She's oh. she knows her stuff. <laughs> okay, that's a good idea. That's how I recruit people, by the way. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're doing we're doing one of the courses in communications, which is de being developed right now. We have an expert in that area. The people that I try to get to come and either teach courses or to do workshops are are kind of working in both areas. So the the person we have doing that, and then we we're doing also uh, workshops in that area too. Uh, coming up, we'll talk further with Dr. Timothy O'Brien. North Park University, director of the Academy of Church Leadership, about the valuable programs the Leadership Academy is offering. I'm John Mauck, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio.
Malkin Baker is nationally known for representing churches and religious institutions and is providing you with a free resource to help your church stay protected under the law. This church legal checklist is designed to help your church identify and assess general risks under Illinois law and is revised yearly to keep your church up to date. Go to malkbaker.com slash church legal to download your free copy of this easy to fill out 21 section resource that your church can review at monthly board meetings. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Malk, an attorney at Malk and Baker, a law firm based in Chicago, which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. If you missed the first part of this show and want to listen online, go to MalkBaker.com forward slash radio. There you can listen to this podcast and many others of interesting speakers about law and faith. Today, we're talking with Dr. Tim O'Brien, the director of the Academy of Church Leadership at North Park University. And Tim, before the break, uh, you were leading up to the point that you go out to churches, lay groups, and teach organizational development, uh, team leadership, uh, with very little cost because there's a, a, a Lilly Foundation subsidy, but tell us about the substance of these programs and how could a church find out more and, and, and maybe get these wonderful services that you're offering? Sure. Well, what we did was when we designed the workshops, we also, people come to the university to come to the workshops. We have a wonderful facility there, but we also wanted to go out. So we've met, I've met with pastors who said, would you come to my church and speak on a topic? And I said, what topic would you like? They went back to their leaders and said, well, what is the thing that we're the most concerned about? They brought it back to me because I was the one who went out and did this, although I have a cadre of people that can do it. And this one particular church, they wanted to understand team leadership. And so I developed a team leadership workshop. Uh, but the thing I liked about it was that he invited several other churches. So we wound up with about 60 people from maybe five different churches, all leaders, all people that serve on boards or are pastors or are staff or whatever that had an interest in this. Well, give it some nuggets of team leadership uh, uh, insights. Sure. Well, the, the, they really wanted to understand the, um, the, the dynamics of it. So the dynamics of being a team leader and how does that work if, if you're in a conflicted situation or if you are... Conflict in the church? Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> we were laughing at that before when we were, were offline, but right. um, that's omnipresent. Uh, actually, conflict's part of what God's given us, I think, yeah. in, in the world to learn how to, to deal with it. But uh, there are probably people out there who have conflicts at their church or have suffered from them or carrying grudges? And and uh, how does your team leadership teaching um, connect to the, to the handling of conflict? Usually that there's, you know, there's things that we can teach about. You know, here is, here is kind of um, the theory about how to deal with this. But then the more important part of that is that we get into conversations with people and they want to know in a, about a particular situation and what do I think they might consider doing. So we really get into some into the weeds a little bit. We 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 talk to people where they are. We try to understand what their problem is, and we offer the best advice that we can. Sometimes resources. We say, look, here's a place, a website, a book, something that you might go to. Do you go to Matthew 18 and and analyze that? 
Usually one of the pastors in the room will do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and for those those that don't know, Matthew 18 is, is about when your brother sins against you or you have a dispute and trying to work it out or then take it to the to the uh, uh, larger number of people to mediate and uh, eventually consequences and how to help restore the brothers. Uh, you know, it's a very deep scripture that Christian Legal Society works with a lot. Mm. Um, but we've had pastors tell us, gee, I wish we did more of that. They never, never really follow through or very rarely follow through on church discipline. And is that something you address? I think so, yeah. What we try to do is, like, for instance, when I do a workshop on anything, I begin with a scripture because I want everything that follows to hang from that scripture. Yes, yes. Uh -huh. And it, it also, it, it opens people up when they realize we're not coming with some kind of shake-and-bake ideas, this is really scripturally-based work that we're trying to provide. Yeah, I, yeah I, I find that empowers people. We try to do that same thing. So I'm not coming at you as a lawyer with all sorts of esoteric things. That We're looking at what Jesus has said or what the scripture says, and then people feel a little more comfortable and less intimidated, and the conversation can, can get going that way. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Malk of Malk and Baker, and we're talking to Dr. Tim O'Brien, Director of the Academy of Church Leadership at North Park University. Uh, Tim, earlier you were saying that you have some uh, one of the professors who's developed some case studies on financial management, that is, stories of churches that got in trouble or got out of trouble. Uh, how does that work? And what are some of those stories? The case that this particular professor developed, uh, he, he made up, but he got information from a lot of different sources. It's a com com composite uh, Yeah, it's story. a composite kind of a story. Okay. But it includes things like financial statements. And, and then it, it, it very cleverly, because the person, the pastor, it's, it's about a new pastor coming into a new community. And are making miss they're, they're missing the point of these of what's in these financial statements and what what the challenges are within that whole framework. And then he has the students study each one of those things. He's teaching them about how to read financial statements and what they mean and about yeah, restricted that, funds basic. and things of that nature. Uh, they didn't teach us really very well, even in law school, about reading a financial statement. Right. But now, once you've learned. Uh, how important that language is, what it's, it's telling you. What does it tell you? Well, what it tells, and, and I think the point that he's trying to make is that there needs to be an engagement strategy that goes along with interpreting financial statements or understanding where you are financially. So looking at capital budgets, because most churches are buildings, and a lot of people don't realize that there's a whole financial piece that goes along, capital and then the operating costs of running a building. It's just not thought about. And so he presents and, and all of that. shouldn't it be thought about if you're a believer? Is, is there a stewardship obligation? There's a major stewardship obligation. But then you get kind of get into the fundraising side of it and the reluctance to ask for money. The Lilly uh, School of Philanthropy did a, a study a number of years ago, and they issued a report called The Reluctant Steward. They updated it. That was in 1992. In 2002, they updated it. And basically, what it's what they got from the research that they did was that pastors don't want to talk about money. 
Well, I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, what it came down to. Uh, yeah, there, there, there is a reluctance. Can you find this study at the Lilly uh, website, yeah, Lilly Foundation, you, or is it? Uh, can you go to North Park University? What's your website? All right, we're at www.northpark.edu backslash tackle, T-A-C-L, the okay. Academy of Church Leadership. Okay. We're tackling a difficult problem. That's how that acronym came about. And and do you have that that study about reluctance on your website, or do you need to go to the Lilly website? If you if you typed in, because it's not the Lilly Endowment, it's the Lilly School of Philanthropy, which is at Indiana University. Oh, that's okay. that's the the institution. Okay. If you typed in the reluctant steward, you'll find that study. All right. Uh, yeah, that's that's a great issue. I've I've uh, the churches I've been in and the pastors uh, have said to me, gee, I I really don't like to ask and um, it's it's a problem but it can be uh, addressed not by just saying you need to do it but it's part of what God has made you to be to help communicate to communicate the needs and give vision to the people where you're going is that that's part of it but you know also there are very legitimate pastoral concerns related to money a lot of people whose marriages get into trouble, there's a, usually a financial piece in there. And so for a pastor to, to be counseling somebody and not have at least a base, baseline knowledge of financial matters uh, is a problem. So it's not just raising money for the institution or managing the budget for the institution. It's also pastoral. So we try to approach it in a holistic way to introduce that topic as well. Well, in addition to financial issues, talk about uh, management, leadership, and some of the other uh, things that you teach about that uh, churches should be aware of. Because there may there may be, uh, I don't know, just gaps. I think so. Every church board uh, that I've been on is less knowledgeable than business boards. Uh, they just mm -hmm. seem to be, well, probably uh a different composition of experiences, but different objectives, and they're 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 missing business insights. So so talk about those. I think so so we do we do things like last year we did a workshop call and it was called um, handling conflict creatively. We did another one about meeting management, another one about internal controls, <clears throat> really basic fundamental things that. And part of, part of what we do is we try to get teams of people, pastors and lay leaders together, working on these issues so they're hearing the same thing. Awesome. You can go to the Academy of Church Leadership at North Park University for more information. Tim, will you give us that website address one more time? Certainly. www.northpark.edu slash tackle, T-A-C-L. Tim, thank you for speaking with us today. Uh, we hope people will visit your website and build up the body of Messiah. This is what we're about. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R dot com. Phone number 312-726-1243. Visit our website to subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter with legal updates or call us. Mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. Thanks for listening. I'm John Mauk, partner at Mauk and Baker, 
This is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. Somebody, yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody. 